Lately, I've been questioning all my traditions. Like, is my mindset just a byproduct of my religion? If I continue in my life without a pot to piss in, my politics ain't lining up. That's why I found the distance. I bought my fist up and I probably put it in the air. And then they tell me that I'm Marxist, it should be aware. Ain't trying to step in your cathedral with my nappy hair. I seen your Jesus European, his complexion fair. How does it feel to know his skin was probably black as mine? I know some pastors that be triggered if they heard that line. Like, why you make it black and white? Well, I experience the blackest nights within the walls of your creation. Been fighting to find a light, you're blind. Yeah, Jesus ain't no friend of me. Don't pretend he ain't the king of white supremacy. They manipulated scripture just to paint a tainted picture. Let me present you with some truth so we can... So, when making this podcast, um, my intentions were to have Jay Crumb on. Because I knew he was going through some stuff right now. And I think it's an important conversation to have. I think every healthy um, spiritual journey um, requires questions. And I think every man, woman, or other, you know, we all question things eventually. And you always benefit from taking a introspective look so if you're easily triggered and you um don't want to uh listen to two grown men talk about you know religion and politics and stuff like that then we have a huge library go check out some of our other guests um i promise you'll find something that you like but for anyone who's struggling um with religion with um anything that comes with that um i think you'll like this episode i'm proud of it um but remember everyone is welcome here and that's what we stand by so thanks for listening What's up, everybody? My name's Aaron, and this is Diner Discussions. If it's your first time to the diner, then welcome. And if you've been here before, welcome back. So we've had a bunch of uh, super talented people on the show, but uh, I think today's guest is probably uh, the most naturally talented of anybody we've ever had on. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, uh... So, you want to introduce yourself, man? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. My name is Jay Crum. Um, I am a, um, I'm a rapper. I, I write songs. Um, I own a company called Streetlight Sounds, so and we also do, like, uh, it's kind of like a one-stop shop for independent artists. You know, if they need graphic design, consultation, production, whatever, uh, we're there to help with that as well. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we uh, we've had a bunch of musical acts on the show, but I think, um, like I said, when I heard yours, it was like uh, stop scrolling immediately on TikTok and just like replay it like five or six times. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. So, yeah, man. Um, so I think the I'm trying to think. I can't remember the first song that I actually heard of yours, but um. You've got a new one out called Press right now, and yeah, uh, yeah, my kids actually had that playing earlier, so that's pretty awesome, man. Oh, that's really dope. That's really dope. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. They, they've, we've got a uh, echo in the kitchen. And so they were, you know, requesting songs and that one popped up. So. Oh man, that's cool. That's really cool. I I really, I'm really glad like that song is like resonating with so many people. Um, so it's been really cool to see that happen. Yeah. Uh, do you actually mind if I play like a little clip from it real quick? Oh, that's fine. Go ahead. All right, man. Sorry, I had to give him a little taste. That's fire, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that, man. Thank you. So, where are you from exactly? So, I'm originally from Detroit, um, but I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. That's quite a difference. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah. um, So, uh, yeah, Detroit born, but then my parents got jobs as family teachers at Boys Town, which is in Omaha. And that's what brought us over, uh, brought us over to the city, so... Yeah, I used to have a friend that uh, worked in the TSA. Uh, I guess it was like the investigation part of it, like you know, like so, like some, like whenever you acted shady, he kind of like red flagged your account, kind of thing. And, yeah. Uh, one of the things he always said is nobody vacations in Omaha, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think the only, the, yeah, the only thing that brings people here is uh, college world series. That's the only time we get like the influx of, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, people that's like our only tourist attraction or a zoo too, but yeah, most people show up for the world series. Yeah. That's, that's funny. It's kind of like where I live. I live in a small town in Oklahoma, um, called Paul's Valley. We're 35 minutes, uh, South of Oklahoma city. And oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be, like, we're right on the interstate, so, I mean, you can accidentally stumble upon us, but it's not, you know, a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, do you come from, like, a musical background? Like, um, Not not really. So, like, um, my, like, music was always a big, like, deal in the house. Like, we were, it was, like, Motown and, you know, all that growing up for me. Um... Like my parents would always play like oldies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, and then my dad sang a little bit, and then my mom also sings. But it was more like choir stuff. It wasn't necessarily like uh, it wasn't anything like on, on a professional scale or level or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of um, blessed to be around music a lot growing up. Um, I swore to everyone I'd be. Uh, music producer by the time I was out of college and I took music production in college and I never knew it would turn into broadcasting on the other side in the, you know, the talking part is kind of a freak thing. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how, you know, you, you think, you know, your path when you're younger and it completely changes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, yeah. So I think, I think, um, yeah, because I'm like, you know, I'm not the first, like, musician or, or anybody who's, like, pursued music in my family. So, um, so it was kind of a thing where people didn't really know how to take that, right? My, my brother is a psychiatrist. He just, like, he, like, has a residency down in Pittsburgh. 
Mm. And my sister is a, is a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you got you got the doctor and lawyer and then you got the rapper. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so it was always, it, that was always uh, interesting, you know. Yeah. Um, the introductions were always interesting, but, you know. Yeah. Like to other people, they're like, well, your mom is like introducing you to, to my girlfriend. So this is my, you know, this is my daughter. She's a lawyer. This is my son. He's a doctor. This is my son. Um, he makes music. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But yeah. 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 I know how that is. It's like, you know, my mom's like, this is my son. He's unemployed. I'm like, no, self, self employed. Self employed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big difference. Big difference. This is 2022. You know, there's a lot of, you know, people that are self employed that are making lots of money. Like, don't, don't, don't stereotype me into the other side, you know, like this. Yeah. It's entrepreneurship's weird, man. When you want to do something yourself, DIY, it's, it's definitely, you get a lot of weird looks. To be honest, like until you make it huge, I mean, it's one of those things where people will question your sanity for a long time. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely not a nine to five. There's no security. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, when but, you, you know, we get those high months, and then you, have, you know, you got to kind of got to roll with the punches as it comes, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh important. Like, it's weird because it's not, you know, it's not that steady check. And I think as someone who's who's worked in this for a little while now, you have to, um, when you cap, like on a month, you have to make sure that you know that next month probably is not going to look the same. You know, and you have to right, learn to kind right. of ebb and flow because it may be a month where you're making almost nothing. Right, for sure. So when did you when did you decide like, hey, I can rap? Um, man, that's a really good question. I, I, um, I was around fifteen, and so I had gotten really sick like in my sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Um, like I had was I had like a brain infection. Like it took me out for like an entire semester. But what they did was they sent a tutor to my house so I wouldn't get behind in my credits. Yeah. Um, but with that kind of home teacher or whatever, um, I actually got a head in credit. Yeah. So when I returned for the second semester, I had like three study halls, um, because I was already capped on credit. Um, and so during that time, just because I was bored, I started, uh, I downloaded a bunch of beats offline and I started just writing rhymes while I was in my study halls. Um, and then I would like, so then when people were like rapping, um, you know, whether in the hallway or at the lunch table or whatever, I would like try it out, you know? So, you know, someone would give me a beat, I'll try out something I just wrote and like people were rocking with it. And so, um, so yeah, it was just kind of like testing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Testing in front of people. What do you think? And, you know, enough people were like, yo, this is really dope. Like you can really do this. And then I had a person who was uh, at my church actually, and he was like, yo, let me pay for your studio time. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, so he paid, yeah, he paid all my, uh, all my stuff. That's, that's pretty impressive. Cause I mean, that's somebody that definitely believes in you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Is that, um, is that so person yeah, still in your I, life? Um, no, not really. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, it just you know, you just kind of grow. I was like, I was like a you know, sixteen at the time. I'm thirty three mm-hmm. now, so it's just yeah. been you know, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, but it's definitely yeah, one of those where you remember them forever, but they're yeah, not necessarily sure. your best friends. But I, I totally yeah, get that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just uh, usually accidentally wait till after somebody passes away to try to reach out and be like, Hey, thank you so much for all this. And then find out that they passed away like two months ago. It's like, Oh no, oh, man. I've done that yeah. twice actually. And it's, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. It like makes you want to, um, yeah. It makes you kind of want to cherish what you got now. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Um, when you're telling people what they mean to you, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a little bit a bit about me, um, if you don't mind. Um, okay. So, like, my name's Aaron, and I'm from Oklahoma, like I said. But uh, I went to church a lot as a kid. My dad was a youth minister, and my mom played the piano in the church service. My grandpa was a deacon. Uh, wasn't allowed to miss church at all. Um, on a Sunday, if you woke up sick, my dad would say you know did you throw up i'd say yeah he said you feel better let's go to church (laughs) (laughs) yeah i had a similar similar upbringing yeah yeah and so then you know and and i went to a town that had like 800 people in it and 600 of those people went to church every sunday so i mean Mm -hmm. it was it was pretty you know like church was everywhere it was inescapable at that point and then I graduated, went off to college in Durant, um, which is near Texas and, uh, coming from like a predominantly white town, uh, mm-hmm. I was in the football dorm and cause I was supposed to be playing basketball and I had a car accident when I was 17 and my sister passed away. So I was injured oh, and man, couldn't sorry. play, but, mm-hmm. uh, no, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it got me to where I am now, like those experiences. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't regret them. I, it sucks that it happened, but you know, yeah, it's one of those building blocks that I can't, I can't be me without it. So, right, I understand. Yeah. but yeah, then I, I went um there and it was kind of like an awakening at that point of like, like where I'm from isn't the world. And, uh, mm-hmm. It was a whole different culture. I, I became a music producer in my dorm room. We set up a little sound area, and I recorded all the rappers because it was the football team. So, you know, there's like okay. 30 guys that yeah. think they can rap, and they're going right, right, to pay me to make beats and then right. come record on my on my, my mic because I was the only one that had one. And then um, yeah. so that's how I paid my way through college, actually, was just making music. And so, yeah, yeah and then um, so – I had a, a promising career in that, honestly. Like, I, I had met a guy that, that had recorded the Flaming Lips and uh, produced, uh, like, two of their albums. And he has a huge studio in Dallas. And I was told that, you know, all I had to do was say yes, and they would take me down there, and I could be an apprentice for a couple of years. Well, I chased a cool mm-hmm. instead. And, uh, I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> and then after I, I said no, she literally broke up with me, like, a week later. <laughs> oh, jeez. So... I kick myself every day for that. But um, then I I kind of, um, 
I wasn't prepared for college because, you know, I still hadn't dealt with the death of my sister, went kind of crazy, uh, gotten the alcohol and, uh, mm-hmm. came back towards home and, um, moved like to a town, like 10 minutes from my hometown. And I've been here yeah. ever since I, uh, you know, have, have a beautiful family now. Um, I've been divorced but I've got a good wife and stuff now. And so, um, you know, we're coming from that background. Like I say all that to tell you this, like the church was a big part of my life. God has been a big part of my life, but I, I saw the cracks in the facade. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I started noticing it almost immediately, but like you ignore the red flags when you're in it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, that's kind of, I started noticing it in high school and was like, hey, this doesn't really make sense. Why are we talking like Mm -hmm. this? This feels like a, you know, kind of a cult. This feels, this feels dirty. And then when I got in college and I saw other people that were living the life that I wanted, but weren't playing the old games of the religion that I came from, it kind of opened my eyes. So can you kind of talk about deconstruction with you and like how all that started? Yeah, bro. Um, yeah, I think I went through, I went through a couple phases of like deconstruction before I like even really knew what like deconstruction was. Um, but like, so like growing up, um, I grew up, um, like oneness Pentecostal, like super, super like apostolic, super charismatic church. Mm, just like, yeah. you know, the whole like, signs, miracles, wonders, all that type of stuff that was like, that was like super, it was like super, super prevalent around then, especially. Um, and, you know, I grew up in it. So I think from the ages of seven, I was like, it was like, that's what I was in. Um, you know, it was my, my parents, you know, not my parents, my parents separated uh, when I was around 10. But uh, my, um, my mom was super into the church. And so because of that, so were we. So we're going every, you know, Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, Friday night, youth group, you know, Saturdays, we, you know, we're going and cleaning the church. Like, it's just, we're, we live there. We're, yeah. that's like, you know, we're never, you know, there's, we're, we were there more than we were, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so, um, I, you know, from the age of 12, the church had like prophesied that I was going to be the youth pastor of the church when I grew up and all this stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I know that, that uh, feeling. Yeah. Told yeah. That, uh, and, and so I, I, um, I started when I, so when I was around 15, when I got really sick and everything like that, um, I started, um, I, once I, once I started like making music shortly after that, um, I started getting booked. Um, so like more and more churches were like, I, I would like recorded a mixtape. They got to a bunch of churches. They started wanting me to come and rap with their new services and stuff like that. Now the church that I was going to was very like, you know, we're apostolic. You need to speak in tongues. You need to be baptized in Jesus name. If you don't, if you aren't these things, and you don't do these things and you're not even saved from it. Right. Wow. Um, and so, uh, and so now I'm I'm getting booked at all these different churches that don't believe that, 
right? Yeah. And so I'm seeing, so I'm there and I'm seeing, oh, these are people who are loving. These are people who, um, you know, like, I see God moving here too. Like, there was like, you know, like, there was all these things where I was like, yo, we might, I, I think we might have this wrong, y'all. Like, and then I was like looking in scripture and I'm like, yo, what you're, you know, what you're preaching isn't necessarily like what I'm reading here, you know? Yeah. And so it was, so it was these things where I think that was my first level of like, deconstruction of just being like, okay, I don't believe this anymore. I ended up leaving that church. Um, and like that, that kind of messed up a lot of things with my family. Oh yeah. Because, sure. um, because you know, my mom, my brother, my sister, they all go there. If you go to any other church, it doesn't believe like them. Like they think you're literally like sending people to hell, you know? Yeah. Um, so I ended up leaving there to go to Bible college. Um, well, not Bible college. It was like this discipleship program. It's very similar to Master's Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I jumped from like a predominantly black church. Now I'm joining this like discipleship program, kind of like Master's Commission. That's like very much white evangelical. Yeah. Church, right? I'm, I'm sorry um, for so, that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff <laughs> I didn't even get to say. Yeah, I didn't even get to say. You already know. You already know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I ended up. Yeah, I ended up jumping into that. Um, I, you know, now I'm cut off from my family. Um, I'm cut off from all my, you know, everyone that I grew up knowing. Um, and I'm, you know, now I'm in this new thing, and I'm starting something new. Um. And very quickly, by a viewer, there were like assaults on my blackness. Mm. Um, just, um, just things of, of when I would see things that I didn't understand or I didn't like agree with, I would say something and they'd be like, you know, um, this is the world that you're in now. <laughs> just like uh. really weird, just really. You know, really weird shit, and um, that's so there was stuff, weird to say. Like, yeah, just a, yeah, really weird, um, really weird things. There were, I think, this was around 2008 too. Yeah. So, um, Obama is just getting elected as president. Man, I remember that and, too. Like that, yeah. Just thought the, that's when I realized that most of the people that I looked up to were secretly racist. Yeah. And it it hurt because that was the time that it started kind of separating in my head. Like the people that I thought were this sweet grandma or this, this, you know, guy that had been like a coach to me or whatever, like all these people had this hate in their heart and then they would go to church and preach love. And it just confused me so much. Um, Yeah. But it was all because, you know, they would make off, off the wall, like off color comments about Obama Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I can understand like not agreeing with him as a president, but when you make it about race, it's like a whole different thing. It just decredits everything you're about to say. Like, I don't... yeah, yeah, yeah. They were telling me, you know, Obama's an antichrist. Yeah, um, they're saying, you know, yeah, you know, um, we got to get him out of there. They were making jokes about uh, fascinating him. Like, there is just yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of those things going on and I would um and there were some members of the of that church who were kind of like um they were like hey you know we, I'm not like them you know what I mean like yeah, we're yeah. 
you know, like they're the, the, the allies or the advocates, they're, but they're not like, they weren't open. They were just like yeah. quietly like, yeah, they're dumb, man. Don't even listen to them, you yeah. know? Um, but it was enough for me to be like, okay, I'm just going to stick to these guys. It was a big enough church, you know, it was like 500 people. So I didn't have to like interact with everyone. So I was like, all right, we found a core group of people who were like not like that, you know? Yeah. But it didn't like, but if they were even then they were silent, you know what I mean? They weren't like openly like, Hey, that's don't talk to them like that, you know? So it was yeah. like, um, yeah, so it was really trash. Um, but there was stuff where like, you know, there was a Sunday night service with the senior pastor on the mic and told me to stop being so black. Ooh. And, um, God. yeah, just straight up. Like people were just like, no one said anything. Like It was just like, uh, so now I'm sitting there like, I don't have a mic, so I can't like, yeah. <laughs> I can't respond to you. You have to like sit there and just take it, you know? Um, so, you know, it was stuff like that. Um, pastors saying, pastors like saying, yo, what's up, my N word and stuff like that. Um, just really, just really like messed up stuff, bro. Yeah. Um, they never been put in check ever in their lives. Yeah, ever, yeah. ever. You know, everybody, all the whole pastoral team, all families, you know, so, you know, the senior pastor's the dad, the worship pastor's the son, the youth pastor's the brother mm. of the, you know, of the worship pastor, the, you know, so everybody's related, everybody, no one's, no one's getting checked, nobody is accountable, like, it's just a big mess, yeah. you know, um, and, um, but they would do these things where, like, they would have like these love bombing sessions. Um, and anybody who's like listening, who, who may not know what I mean by love bombing, it's like where you're getting like just overloaded with compliments and um, you're being overloaded with like gifts and just people saying like just the, the you know, amazing things about you. But like it happens every once in a while to like manipulate you into like dealing with abuse, you know? Um, And so, you know, it would be like, we have a love bombing session or whatever, but then like, you got us working 60 hour weeks without being paid, Mm. you know, to build sets and, you know, to start the ministry and cleaning the church and all of these things, you know, like you're, you you got us doing this, you know, working from, you know, 8 a.m. to midnight Sunday, just doing stuff, you know, just like, <laughs> building, you know, just crazy, just crazy stuff. Um, no breaks, just really, really illegal stuff, really, actually, because you can't, you can't, yeah. you can work that long with free labor, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so we were doing all that. Um, but like love bombing sessions were like, you know, oh yeah, we're here to. You know, we want you to know you're special. We want you to know you're going to change the world and you're going to, all that stuff, man. Yeah. Um, and I remember um, I started writing for the church. So I started uh, writing music. Mm-hmm. Um, I recorded, I wrote and recorded three albums for them. Um, and it got to the point where we were now getting ready to tour. Um, not, re- not getting ready, we were touring. Um, we were generating buzz. Um, a lot of websites and blogs were picking up our music and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and I never saw a dime. 
um, I wrote songs, I produced songs, I um, paid for features, I paid for mixing and mastering. Oh, wow. I so did you were paying out of yeah. pocket and they were making yeah. profit off of right. you. Yep. Wow. And so, um, and I never saw a return, I never saw a dime, you know, I never even had an attempt of somebody trying to pay me back. Just got a pat on the back and move along. Yeah. Right yep. Jeez. Um, and so, uh, and so I ended, but, but so I'm writing all this music and everything like that. But in the middle of it, I'm kind of like, I'm telling, you know, I'm telling, uh, the director of the program, Hey, you know, I really have a heart to ministry. I want to go plant, I want to plant my own church, you know, in the inner city and everything like that. Yeah. And, uh, he says, Hey, I don't really see you as a pastor, right? <laughs> um, I think you should just focus on, you know, making music. Yeah, making um, money is what he's saying. Right, 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 <laughs> right. And so um, around this time, there is a, a pastor in the inner city who is talking with me and wants me to help uh, help him with his church, right? Um, but you know how this you know this church is kind of like well you you know you need to it was weird man they're like you need permission you need all these things. Um, you know, sons don't, I think it's the saying was sons don't leave, sons are sent. That was their whole saying of like, wow. you, you know, you don't just leave and go do your own thing. Like we train you up and we send you, you know, that's the honorable way of doing things. Yeah, right. Think for yourself. You know, right. 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 Very cult like. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, um, so I ended up, uh, so I ended up telling, so I, I do end up um, saying, hey, this is something that I want to pursue. And they're like, okay, well, if this is something that you really want to pursue. Let us find some places for you to go and, uh, you know, preach at or be a pastor at or whatever. I'm like, uh, okay, fine. So they start sending me to all these like pulled up cities, <laughs> like, you know, population of, you know, like a thousand, yeah. no black people, like just like, you know, uh, just like places that just, like we knew it wasn't what, what was, wasn't going to work. Yeah. We knew like that's, this isn't what I was passionate about or whatever. Yeah. But it was like, it, it felt intentional, you know, just like, yeah, just to hey, kind of like but, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I could come back and do that. Well, I, I finally had a, you know, I finally had enough. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not doing this anymore. I ended up leaving. I was like, I'm, I ended up leaving. Um, I had a friend who was in the inner city who was starting a church plant. He wanted me to help him. I was like, bet, let's do that. I'm going to go do that. So uh, I've left. I'm now doing this thing. Um, they're trying to kind of like manipulate me to like, hey, you can't make music with us anymore unless you're attending here and all this type of stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm not making music <laughs> with you anymore because I'm not doing this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, uh, in the middle of me making this, uh, this is where, this is one of the, probably one of the biggest mistakes I've made in the middle of me, like helping out with this church plant, the, um, the new pastor, uh, he's probably the guy I had like the best relationship with. Yeah. Um, he's saying, Hey, you know, my dad's getting ready to step away from ministry. He's giving the church to me, you know? 
I, you know, I really want to do this the right way. You know, he was apologizing for all the things that went down and everything. And he was like, I want to make this right. If you would come back, you know, we could do this the right way. And I'm like, uh, all right, cool. You know, um, that way my, you know, this last like four years haven't been a complete waste of time, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so I do that. And within two months, you leave. Jeez. Um, and so when he leaves, I leave. And so at this time, I'm like not really going to church. I'm still doing music. I'm still doing books by churches, but I'm not really a member anywhere. Yeah. Kind of like bouncing, you know, from place to place. Um, I, at an event, I meet, you know, who would be my wife, right? So I met, her name's Jessica. I'm, I, she sings, she was singing background for a group. I saw her and I was like, dude, I need to say what's up. So I, I ended up <laughs> asking her out, you know, so I ended up asking her out. Um, we started getting serious and she's like, hey, you know, um, I really, uh, she says, hey, I really want to be with somebody who, you know, is involved with church. You know, she was like, I know you believe in God. I know all these things, but you, you know, you're not really a member anywhere. I would like for us to be going somewhere, you know? And yeah. so I'm like, man, I really like this girl. So, <laughs> sure, you know, we'll make this work. So we started going to her church. Um, I hate it, bro. Like, it's like the worst. Um, but um, I, I, around this time, you know, now I found my wife. I found a woman. You know, I found you know this woman I really, 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 really like. Um, and I really want like my family, you know, because it's like okay, here's this amazing woman. You know, um, she doesn't have like a super good connection with her family. You know, I would love, I, like, I, just, I don't want to be out here by ourselves. I miss my family, all that stuff. So I, you know, we end up uh, going back to my parents' church. Yeah. Uh, the church I grew up in. Um, and so we go back to the church, uh, the church I grew up in. She, uh, she's happy. My family's happy. They think I'm the prodigal son. You know, immediately they want me to be in ministry immediately. You know, if you're the youth pastor all of these things. And like, for me, I'm like, listen, I got my wife, I got my family back. I don't really like it here, but like, I can deal with this because like, you know, I, you know, I, I have it, you know, everybody's happy with me. Everybody, you know, whatever. So I'll do this. Um, and so, um, so yeah, I'm doing that, man. I, we end up getting married. Um, I'm still doing music. Music starting to take off. Um, I'm like performing every weekend. Um, and then, uh, I get a really cool call, um, from a, a label in Atlanta kind of saying, Hey, we want you to uh, come out and, you know, we would love to like have a conversation and, you know, see where you're at and everything yeah. like that. We want to fly you out. And that was really cool. So I was like, I bet. Um, so then I'm excited. I tell, um, I tell the pastor of the church, like, hey, look, this is like, check out what's happening. And like, they got mad and said, this is just a distraction. Uh, you shouldn't even be performing in all these other places. You know, because I'm not, you know, I'm performing everywhere. I'm performing in bars, and, you know, uh, coffee shops, and all these like universities, all these different places. Yeah, all the places that Jesus um, went. 
Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you, they're like, you know, you, you're mixing light with darkness and yeah. all this stuff, right? Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so I, 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 and that's kind of like, that was one of the, I think that was the thing that kind of woke me up and just being like, dude, you are like, you're losing yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it was, it was in that moment where I was like, "I, what am I doing? What am I doing? I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Like, I'm miserable. Like this is, you're being controlled. Like all this stuff. Like, you know. And I, I ended up like exploding on him, and I was like, "Listen, man, since I was 12 years old, you have been telling me how to live my life. Yeah. Since I was 12 years old, you said this is how my life is supposed to go, because you had some type of dream or some type of prophecy." And you treated me my entire life, anytime I wasn't pursuing it in the way that you thought, that I was in sin. Or that I was like, uh, I'm just in rebellion to God. You don't get to tell me how to live my life anymore. Yeah. Um, and you know, I ended up telling my wife, like, listen, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, not with her, but I'm at the church. I'm like, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm leaving. Um, and I knew, so I think at that point, I knew I still wanted to do ministry, right? But I wanted to do it in a way that was like as void of all toxicity as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like I was talking with a friend and he, you know, we were talking about this idea of house churches and, um, you know, I was like, dude, I would love to like plant like this micro church, like this, this small house church that's like, just us getting together, you know, sharing a meal, opening up the Bible, you know, um, like helping out charity, like all that, stuff, like helping out people who need it. Like mm-hmm. I would love to it. just be that. Like I don't want anything, any of the extra stuff. Yeah. I don't want any of it. Um, and so uh, I started the process of, of you know, training and, and doing all that to do that. And so for like a year and a half, I was, me and him were like working out the details of this. And so then I'm getting ready to launch and then the pandemic hit. Like the very first week. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so the very first week. And I'm like, oh man. So I'm doing like um uh I'm doing like online like you know, online whatever. I'm doing like online services. Yeah. Um at this time I'm doing the online services. I've already built like a nice reputation in my city, um, you know, of the, of the Christian rapper, you know. And now that I'm preaching, there's a lot more churches who are kind of paying attention to what I'm doing. Um, and so, you know, they're like, I have churches who are like, yo, like we love watching, we watch your message, it's really dope. You know, uh, we love what you're doing, everything like that. You know, is there anything we can do to help? Let us know. All right. Um, and so I'm, I'm building some relationships with some other pastors in the city, um, some white, some black, whatever. Um, then Ahmaud Arbery, uh, the, the news of Ahmaud Arbery comes out of him being killed. Yeah. Um, and then there wasn't any charges for those guys. Right. Um, and so I ended up, you know, speaking a, a pretty passionate message about that. Um, and then uh, I remember getting some like uh, some like pushback from some some people, but uh, overall, most people are like, you know, 
were people understood. And I, I started getting a lot of my conversations with people kind of waking up to some of the racism that they had in their own lives and stuff like that. Why? Because the whole world was shut down. Like that was, you know, we didn't have any like of the same distractions, right? Yeah. Um, so now the whole world is kind of, at least America is forced to look at itself, right? Yeah, that's um, hilarious because in my notes, yeah. I have that line. I, I said, uh, during the pandemic, the reason why deconstruction seemed to like take off is because people had, were forced to do self-reflection for the first time in a long time. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, um, and so, uh, so I'm, you know, I'm writing music, I'm doing all that. Um, I'm dropping songs like a bunch around this time as well. Um, and then, um, losing George Floyd happened. Um, and so, at this point, so, uh, uh, so George Floyd happened in Omaha, Nebraska, though, the next day after George Floyd, there was a white business owner who killed a black kid in the middle of the street and didn't receive any charges. Wow. Um, during the protest. Um, so uh, he got questioned by the police and they let him go. They ended up getting the district, they ended up getting somebody, a uh, district attorney or something like that to come, county attorney to, to look at it again. Yeah. And then the charges were brought up onto on the, to him. But yeah, uh, it took all of that just to just to get some you know some sort of start to, to justice yeah. um, with that. But during that time, let me get back to where I was saying. Uh, during that time, now I'm having a bunch of pastors who want to talk to me. They want me to do messages with them. You know, they 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 want they want a conversation. They want they want me to speak to the congregation. They want me to talk about Black Lives Matter. They want to they want to do all that, right? Um, yeah. And with me. You know, I'm like, all right, you know, cool, that's fine. Like, I would love to, you know, help with this conversation or whatever. Um, still a little naive, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, you know, I, I would have these conversations, and then I would get messages from pastors and co- you know members of the congregation telling me that I'm evil, telling me that I'm just caught up in the vision, telling me, sending me statistics, black-on-black crime statistics, all of these things, just like, um, just getting bombarded. Yeah. All the way to the point where there's a pastor who has probably one of the biggest churches in the city um, who is now, um, he's like spreading a bunch of keen, like like Kenan stuff, um, he's like attacking me publicly. Um, he showed up to like, he showed up to one of our rallies and, um, like refused to pray with the other black pastors in the city. He like stood off to the corner and then later you saw him on Facebook, just like talking shit on all of us. Like it was really, really bad. Wow. Um, and so, you know, I'm doing all this. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to, uh, also still maintain this church during a pandemic, you know, it's, it, it's like, it's tough because it's like, um, you're trying to build a church, but then it's a pandemic. And so I'm like, and I'm seeing all these pastors like complaining about like, you know, we need to be able to meet and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is like, like y'all don't care about like people's health. Yeah, exactly. Like, like y'all, don't, y'all don't see like people are like actually dying. Like, 
you guys are just worried about like being able to meet in person. You can't get that um, money was, if nobody's there. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, dude, why am I like, what am I like? I don't need to build this right now. Like, I don't have to do this right now, you know? Um, and so I ended up like shutting down the, the church at that time. This is maybe like August um, of okay. 2020. Yeah. Um, so like we tried it for about half a year. Um, and so we ended up shutting it down. Um, then got like a bunch of nasty messages for that. You know, like, yeah, I was praying for this. And, you know, I was hoping, you know, like, this is what happens when you cause division. Things like that. Really, just really like messed up stuff. Yeah. Um, um, and then uh, this is kind of like, I think, all of these things is kind of what like fast tracks my deconstruction, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because I've been at return back to church <laughs> when when everything opened back up. because um, I was just so fed up with it at that point. And I had like I had deconstructed a lot. Yeah. And it was this thing of like me being like, Man, it wasn't I don't think I was at the point where I was like, Hey, I'm agnostic now, but it was at the point where I was like yeah, I'm I'm fed up with like this Western, uh, you know, evangelical Christianity. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty done with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so that's what kind of started me looking more at church history. Um, it started me looking more at like uh, the Church of Nicaea, the Council of Nicaea. I'm sorry. Um, started me looking at like um, the original text and how all this started. And everything like it, it really made me look at all of that, looking at the ugly history of okay, how did this even get to people, you know, to, to African Americans like me, you know, those who, you know, descendants of enslaved people? What is it? How did how did this how did all this even happen for us? And so, um, dealing with all of that, um, you know, it led me to like all through twenty twenty one really, really just, like, deconstructing a lot of that. Um, and then uh, I remember just recently, um, December 16th, I remember this day, December 16th, 2021, I have, a, uh, I have a show that I put together, a Christmas show. And um, we get up and do my set, and I'm realizing that, yo, these lyrics that I'm saying, I don't believe in anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, messing up verses, bro. Like, I I don't like mess up like this. Like I'm, I like if there's anything I love about making music, it's the performance. Like that's like my thing. Yeah. I have a live band. Like my whole like it's a whole mood, bro. It's a whole experience. I'm like fucking up my word, everything. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't like. I'm like, dude, I do not believe this. I don't believe what I'm saying. And um, I was like, I, I knew that like I could not continue making music in the way that I do. Yeah. Um, I knew that there were new, there were songs that I had written that I believed in everything that I had that I don't believe anymore. And I knew that I had to say something um, if I was going to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, making music, doing anything. I, ha- I had to say something. I, I had to, you know, I had to be honest with where I was at because there's no way that I would be able to fake it. You know? Um, and so... Uh, very shortly after that, I think maybe two, three weeks after that, um, 
that's when I made my statement. I'm just saying, hey, um, I no longer identify as a Christian. Um, you know, I'm agnostic and, you know, I'm still seeking, I'm still looking for answers, I'm still doing all that. That's probably never going to stop. But yeah. uh, I know that that's where I'm at right now and I've got to be like real about it. So, yeah, so, yeah. so that's kind of that's kind of what's we hope that after you listen to an episode of Diner Discussions, that you get the warm fuzzies. But if you're looking for something a little spookier, something a little more scary, then check out our friends at Ohio Hauntings and Legends Podcast. Uh, you can check them out at OhioHL.com and on Facebook. Hello, and welcome to the Ohio Hauntings and Legends Podcast. We will be taking you to places you have never dreamt of going. Hundreds, if not thousands, of haunted and abandoned locations. We will visit with the paranormal from your nightmares and try to understand the unexplained. Ohio alone has 88 counties within our state, and virtually each one of those counties has a story to tell. Ohio's history is bloodstained throughout its history. We will be covering more than just Ohio. We will cover the state you live in, the country. Trust me. There are thrills, chills, and we are upping the fright factor with each new stop we make. We will be traveling the world, the globe, looking for the strange, the mysterious, and the frightening. Mostly, we will find the unexplainable. Many of these episodes are genuine. Others are legend or hearsay. Believe those that you choose or believe in none. It is your choice. Just get comfortable, sit back, dim the lights, and listen. me to where I am now. Yeah. I I mean, listening to your story, like, it seems like you gave it every chance, too, because, yeah. I mean, most people would have probably stepped back and been like, screw this a lot sooner, because you went through some, like, demeaning crap. Yeah. And so, um, like, nobody can sit there and judge you, honestly, and say, you know, oh, you didn't try. Like, because right. I know you've gotten and, those comments like, oh, you just wanted to be agnostic or whatever. Yeah, you just wanted to be, yeah, you wanted to be that way. Or even the, uh, the, the biggest one is like, oh, you did this because you're hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, listen, I've been, I've been hurt by the church since I was seven years old. Yeah. Like, this wasn't, this, it wasn't like, <laughs> oh man, somebody hurt my feelings and yeah. now I don't breathe anymore. Ooh. You know, like, yeah. like, nah, man, like, I know that people are flawed. I know that nobody's perfect. I know, I know that you know there's no such thing as all your little things. I said all that shit. Yeah. No perfect church. I was that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't. I, all the people I convinced to stay <laughs> because most, listen, I I was I was amazing at that. But I say all that to say, like, even with all the hurt and all of that, it wasn't that that made me say, Hey, I don't believe this anymore. Yeah. That's my, that, that, that might have been a, what led me to look for answers, but the answers I found or the things I found, the, the, the uh, that's what has been like, oh, okay. All right, bro. You might've been wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe, yeah. uh, maybe this, maybe scripture is, is fallible. Maybe this isn't a, you know, uh, Maybe this doesn't all tell this a linear story. Maybe 
Uh, maybe there's a lot of these things that this thing says that actually did not happen at all. You know, maybe there are some things that have been exaggerated because they were told audibly for like 50, 60 years before you would put the paper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> basically the gospel was a game of telephone until someone decided to write it down. Yeah. You know, so like if, if, if I can't get through a classroom playing telephone without it, it's hard to get to the end. It, it says something completely different, right? I don't know if when you were a kid, you ever played that. Yeah. But like, so for us to say, oh, none of this is, none of, like all of this is 100% correct. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. You know? Yeah. I, I, um, so yeah, and this isn't, for anybody who wants to believe what they believe, that's fine. I'm not, I, whoever's listening, this is not for me to discourage you. Yeah, exactly. This is just my my journey and what got me here. So yeah. it wasn't just, it wasn't hurt, it wasn't, you know, pain, it wasn't, like, those things are there, they're real, and it's been a lot. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not just some over-emotional person who's just making, you know, a decision flippantly because his feelings are hurt. You know what I mean? Um, and it's insulting that people just jump to that conclusion. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, you're the first person to say like, oh, yeah, I, I don't want to influence you to like not to believe. If you, if, if you want to believe, believe, because you didn't get that respect. Right, right. And, and I mean, you don't owe that to anybody, but that just shows your character right there. Like, no, I appreciate and the difference um, that you're dealing with and and. I'll tell you right now that you're extremely brave because in this climate right now, it is, it is rough to, to come yeah. out and, and talk about stuff. That's, you know, like to go against this regime of people. And, yeah. um, uh, like I, I do, I do praise you for that. Cause it's, um, it's tough, man. I mean, I, in Oklahoma, the only County that was blue this last election was Oklahoma city. And that was just by like one mm-hmm. vote. So, I mean, yeah, like to, I could walk outside and throw a stone in any direction and hit someone that, you know, like hates people like on a daily yeah. basis. And not that my community is, is like the worst. I feel like Paul's Valley is like part of the problem, but also some of the exception to the rule, because there's a lot mm-hmm. of good people here. Like I just happen to know a bunch of them, but yeah, there's a lot of bad too. Cause all you gotta do is post something on Facebook and, and, uh, you'll see real quick. Uh, we were talking about building a homeless, uh, not a shelter, but like a outreach kind of like command center to like point them in the right direction. And the first response was, uh, we don't want any homeless people to think they can just come here and stay. And I was like, okay, we already have homeless. They're already here. You just don't want them in the public. And that says everything, you know? Yeah. It's one of the, it's just like, it's kind of like, you know, you were talking about these white churches um, and them kind of like not talking about black people being killed in the street, especially by white people. And it's almost like if they ignore it and they don't address it, then they don't have to um, like deal with that pain. Or, or that injustice, like it'll just go away. Everybody will quit talking about it eventually. Yeah. And that, and that blows my mind because they wouldn't do that if that was their kid. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, it's or been really hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been really yeah. hard for me because we don't teach our children to hate anyone. Um, we're trying to be the change. I mean, I understand that, you know, I'm white and it's very, it's very easy for me to be like, Oh yeah, well I'm deciding to kind of move away from the church because the pushback I get is from the extremist, you know, like the Trump people and, and, and QAnon, but like to the average person, they don't give a crap about what I believe. Yeah, but I know it's completely different. Like you were talking about on one of your TikToks, it's completely different for you um, because everything is surrounding church and your community. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, hundred um, percent. It's your whole life. Yeah, it's like it's, this. This isn't like there's there's no amount of like saying that's like good enough mm-hmm. for a person to just be like. Yeah, literally just ruined my whole life for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no, there's no, like, so that I could, like, smoke weed? Like, what, like, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think is, is, like, what do you think a person would, would, what's attractive about this? It's not a, yeah. it's, it's literally like, man, all of this hurt and, like, my, my family and my friends and, you know, this is having an effect on my marriage. Like, it's, it's like, there's nothing about this. Like, none of the pain that, like, you experience from this, it's yeah. like, is attractive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I tell people, I was like, like I tell people this all the time. I was like, man, if I could just flip the light switch back on, as far as, like, belief goes, right? Yeah. If I could just flip it back on and go back to how everything was, and like and be okay, I would do it. Yeah. I because like that would mean that I get these people back. That would mean that, you know, I don't have to feel um like I don't know, man, just I, this depression and all this like it would mean all of that. Yeah. But like I can't flip that light switch back on, y'all. I you know, like yeah. when when you see it, it's like it's it's hard for that it, it would be it would be like a willing ignorance, you know. Yeah. Cognitive dissonance. It would be a choice to ignore the truth set of what I see, right? Yep. So, um, I can't. You know, I can't. I was I was talking to people there. Uh, I, I put a question out on Twitter the other day, um, asking the grand majority of my like my followers were saying, "Ask is belief a choice? Uh, is belief a choice? Yes or no?" Most people said belief, yes, is a choice. I was in the minority of believing, no, I don't think belief is a choice. I think belief is something that happens to you. I can't just, like, choose to believe anything, right? Yeah. Either, either, either the claim is good enough, right, for me, at least, to believe or it's not. So once I've seen, once once I've seen, so if I believe the claim, once I see evidence contrary to that claim, it's I would have like I don't know how to willingly be like ah that's not true. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I ha- I haven't been able to to do that. You know. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I guess for me, um. For me, it's just 
Like, I, you know, I don't know what to do with that, you know? Um, I built my whole career on it. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't even talk about that. But, like, yeah. I've made Christian music my whole life. You know what I mean? And because it would be easier years, for you to have just continued and fake just it. Just continue, right? Yeah. I, I started making music when I was 16 years old. My very first mixtape was a Christian album. Mm-hmm. Since then, I've dropped, you know, four albums, three with the worship team. You know, I've dropped, dropped a group album. Um, I've dropped two EPs, all Christian. Yep. <laughs> I went on tours. I've made all these connections. Um, you know, I play all these shows and I had a bunch of shows lined up. So like for me to say I'm agnostic, right? For me to deconstruct, like, uh, means I lost all of that. Right? Yeah. And that's not, that's not a, um, so yeah, this isn't a, um, this isn't a, oh, I want to, I just want to live in my sin type thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, I'm probably, and like, this isn't even me trying to, like, pat myself on the back, but I'm probably more loving now than I've ever been in any other time in my life. Yeah, it's it's ingrained in your brain when you're raised in certain churches that, um, mm-hmm. like, they call it, love, they say love everyone, but what they really mean is love everyone that falls within this box. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's really hard because like I said, I, the, the, one of the first questions was like, you read about Jesus going and, and going to like the most hated people in the community and having dinner with them. Um, a prostitute washed his feet and then you've got these people that are judging this lady down the street that had a baby out of wedlock and she is just mm-hmm. scum. And then another lady, uh, you know, was 14 years old and her cousin raped her and she is having a baby. So she decided to get an abortion. And now that person is excommunicated from the church. Like these things don't make sense together. Like that doesn't compute the, that don't, you know, if you're sitting there saying, Oh yeah, well this is how Jesus was. And then this is how the church is. Jesus wouldn't go to our church. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the guy yeah. that, that I'm reading in the Bible would not set foot in here because these people aren't it. Like they, they're not like yeah. them at all. And, um, like, I just think of all the people that I have talked to about God in my life that, and, and brought them to the church I was going to, like invited them to church to a toxic environment. And that person has troubles now like uh, of some kind yeah. of trauma and has dealt with that forever like that guilt is heavy yeah um and the only way that i can sleep at night is just to be like well i didn't know i didn't know how bad it was you know like right, i thought right, i was right. doing the right thing my intentions were good and that's the only way you know yeah no i hear that it, it's it's rough i mean because like honestly like my dad's a preacher right now and he started mm-hmm. with a small church um, in his garage, and then they eventually now they're like a branch of another church uh, that's here in Paws Valley. Um, and so, watching him, he got he got divorced from my mom when I was in college, mm-hmm. and where he was preaching basically ran him out of town because of that. Yeah, and to watch him suffer because all he had ever known was 
preaching since he get he, like he used to be a cop, and uh, then he got saved and went and did ministry for youth ministry for my like whole childhood. Um, I think since I was like seven, and um, then he was a preacher. We went to all these churches. And I was the new kid all the time because of that, you know, like going to a new church where he would be at for a year or two and uh, just seeing people judge us because we'd go to this podunk town and I'd be wearing, you know, like city clothes, (laughs) you know what I mean? And everybody just stares at me as I walk in and I'm the new guy everywhere, like feeling that hate and having that unique perspective of going to these different churches all the time really kind of hammered it in like this isn't. Like, not all these people are who they say they are, and something's wrong. And so then I started studying, you know, not just the Bible, but, like, books that were kind of, um, like, the background, kind of like you were talking about, like, going back and studying the history and realizing how how corrupt the church has been over the years. Mm -hmm. And, And, like, I mean, you can kind of look at the Catholic Church as an example of what churches used to be. Um, Yeah. Like, you know, the proper Catholic church, not like, you know, stuff in the small towns, but like the, the amount of secrecy, the amount of like, you know, white supremacy, the, the, just everything that goes like against everything that, you, you know, you brought up in, as a kid to believe, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, share with your neighbor, love your neighbor, except for Kenny, because he's different colored and, uh, don't, don't talk to Susie because you know, her mom and dad uh, drink on the weekends and, and it's just like, that's not what I was taught. And so it just like, I keep circling back to that. Like it just questions started coming up and it was one of those things. Like it took me a long time. I think I deconstructed like 10 years ago, probably. And then reconstructed. And now I, I I'm happy where I'm at right now. And I feel like, I do what works for me Mm -hmm. and I'm happier now that I've been kind of cut off from the toxic people than I was, you know, when everybody was sweet to me, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, and then, you know, watching now, like these, there's a lot of people on TikTok that are talking about their problems. Finally, like people are speaking up. I felt like the pandemic really helped with that. Um, Yep. And I feel like more than ever, people are finally able to voice their opinion without getting, like, just destroyed, you know? I mean, yeah, there's yeah. negative comments, but, I mean, nobody's quieting your voice on TikTok. Like, you're able to make TikToks until they shut you down. But um, Right, right. But I watched Andy Minio was the first Christian rapper I ever heard cuss. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yep. uh, like, I think he just said damn. But, like, it was the first time I was like, Oh, hey, you know, and then I started listening. That was to like, that was such a big deal. Huh? Yeah. Like, I remember, I remember people were trying to cancel him for it. Yeah. Like, oh, he said, damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, which it's in the Bible, but whatever. Right, but, right, yeah. right. <laughs> but, but yeah, he, um, he was the first person that I heard that started questioning things. Like in some of his raps, he talks about struggling with, with the difference between, loving Jesus and religion. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, man, I, I kind of 
you know, I feel that way. Like he gets me. And so I started listening to him and then, uh, NF came out. Yeah. And NF was like a whole different breed of rapper because he talked about real stuff. You know I mean? That's his whole thing. But he was talking about like mental health and growing up in, in a, you know, evangelical system. Like you don't talk about that. That's hush hush. Like, Mental health is demonic, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like if someone is, is bipolar, they just need God and he'll work it out. No, they need medicine, you know, like, and that was like something that he was talking about. And, um, and then of course, like Hobson, he, he went through a phase where he, he found religion and then he <laughs> immediately got hurt by, by very, very, very quickly. Yeah, and then completely deconstructed. Yeah, and so um, I was like, this is real, you know, this is something that people were struggling with, and so um, listening to, you know, all these people, all these rappers, like, finally talking about stuff that I had been struggling mm-hmm. with my whole life and not really knowing what to call it. I didn't know it was called deconstruction, kind of like you. It was one of those... But- one of those things where I thought I was weird. Like, you know, it's really hard to to stand up and be like, Hey, everything that is around me right now feels fake. Like it's really difficult mm-hmm. to stand up and, and denounce things. And, uh, yeah. one of the things that really hurt was when, like I said, when I heard some of the people that I had grown up modeling my life after become like, I saw that they were racist people and hateful people. Mm-hmm. And it broke me because like the whole year of 2020, like, and I think in my, some of my episodes, you can hear me talk about that where it's just, it's devastating because, you know, you grow up thinking that everybody is deep down inside a great person. They just Mm -hmm. had some struggles and then you, you know, see them show their ass on social media. Yeah. And it, it hurts. Um, and now that I'm older, I realize that everything is gray. You know, there's no black and white on anything. But, right, right. like, as far as, like, the you know, situational stuff, there's always three sides to the story. Mm-hmm. But one thing that um I was, you know, looking for is I was just looking for a guest that could come in and, I felt like had had that it factor and I felt like you've completely blown that away. Like, I mean, you, you this is an important conversation that we're having. I think more people need yeah. to, to do this and not like, I mean, we kind of are similar in our stories as far as like, you know, growing up in church and kind of like questioning things. But I think more people in the church need to have conversations with deconstruction and and figure out what they're doing that's toxic. Right. And a lot of people aren't having those conversations. Yeah. So Yeah. If there's something that you could tell somebody that's struggling right now um with their faith or you know just with anything that has to do with you know that whole journey um yeah. what would you say to them right now? Um I would tell them that I would tell them um, first things first um, have grace on yourself, mm-hmm. which is like the most probably Christian thing you would say to somebody. 
but <laughs> but it's real, you know. Like like have grace on yourself. Um, take your time. Like, don't let anybody rush you. Don't let anybody, you know, tell you where you need to arrive at. Um, don't let, um, yeah, don't don't let anyone guilt you or feel bad on either side because it's, there's a there's a superiority complex and superiority culture that exists on both sides. Right, mm-hmm. gonna, it's going to be both Christian and uh, atheist yeah. <laughs> like, who both both are going to tell you, you know, you're stupid for questioning, you're stupid for landing where you land, all of that, right? Yeah. Um, so even me as an agnostic, right, um, it would be intellectually dishonest of me to be like, all Christians are evil. Yeah. Or that there's no benefit to Christianity. Or, Christ, you know, Christianity has done zero good over the years. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, and so, and so, to say, so I have to be honest about that. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and so, like, don't, but yeah, so don't let anybody make you land anywhere. Take your time, um, unpack it. You know, but you can, or even if you want to just disassociate from religion altogether, like I don't even want to go through this process. I just want to drop it. That's fine too. Like, do like do that. But I would say this: like anybody who wants to go through the process, ask all the questions. Don't be, you know, don't be, uh, don't be afraid of the answers. Take the time that you need. Um, and I had one more thing I wanted to say about that. Um, what was it? What was it? It was just in my head. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> hey, it happens constantly to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's gonna come to me. I already know. I already know. But um, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, anything that anything that's true can stand up to questions. Yeah. Right. So don't be afraid to ask all the questions. That's basically what I wanted to say. Like, yeah. Anything that's true, you know, um, will get there. So like for me, that's why I'm still asking questions. I'm still seeking. I that's why I still look for information on both sides. I got. I have just as many. You know, I've, I've looked at just as many resource like apologetics resources as I've had you know, things that are, that are the, the counter argument, yeah. you know, because I want to, I want to know, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to see, I, I want to make sure that, you know, uh, if it's compelling, like I, I want to, I want it, you know, I want to see it. I want to know. I want to, I want to hear the viewpoint, you know, yeah. uh, I'm not, af- I'm not afraid of it anymore. Right. Um, and so, you know, wherever that leads me is where it leads me. But like, you know, I, I, I feel fine with that. I don't, I'm not worried. Yeah. Being able to move without fear of like a, a ton of damning resting place, um, is, is working alone. <laughs> like, like, um, so yeah, yeah, take the time. Yeah. I, Life, my grandpa taught me really well about how life is not a destination and it is definitely a journey and you got to keep learning. Um, if you stop learning, you, you start dying. 
is what he used to say. And I, I totally, totally believe that we have, um, so often in our lives been told that like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta know for certain, like you gotta know for certain what you stand for. And it's like, why? Um, because questioning everything, I am more solid in my faith and, and, and like what I believe and who I am as a person than I ever did when I just blindly follow people. And so even yeah. in, the, in the Bible, it says that Jacob wrestled with God. So, I mean, like to me, that means that we're supposed to ask questions about everything, yeah. like question everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the only way you learn. And in class, your teacher tells you, ask questions. You know, that's the only way you learn. Da, da, da. And, and we forget that when we become an adult and we're ashamed to ask, you know, because yeah. we don't want people to think, oh, we're, we're, we're stupid. Or, oh, we mm-hmm. don't know anything. It's it's not that. And please, whoever's listening and not, I mean, even if you know for sure what you believe in, you think, like, ask questions. Because I promise you, there's always something that you can learn by just saying, well, why? Or how come? Yeah. Know? Yep. And so I think this has been an amazing conversation. I feel like I could talk to you forever about everything else that we didn't even get to get to today, but uh, we definitely like to have you on again um, in the future. I have uh, some listener questions here for you. If you have just a few minutes, uh, I think we've got like five. So, um, so the first one is, do you believe in ghosts? Oh, that's a good one. Um, no, (laughs) not necessarily, but Uh, lady kind of explained, um, ghosts to me in like a really cool way. And I have no idea if there's any merit to this, but it just sounded neat Mm -hmm. is like the, um, whole multiple, uh, universes, like parallel universes. A ghost is, is when they touch and it's someone on the other side that has no clue. Like it's like a shadow of them Mm. and like, living simultaneously in that same space as you just in a different dimension. Huh. And that was like, wow. I mean, that would make like a really cool like TV show. Right, right, right. That's a super <laughs> dope concept. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. So um the next one is do you think we are alone in the universe? I don't, man. I I think I think there's gotta be something else out there. Yeah. Um, it's too vast. It's too big. It's too yeah. There's no way. There's no way. It's just us. I think you got to be pretty arrogant to think that we're the only thing that matters in the universe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Uh, definitely. How, how selfish you have to be to be like, yeah, we're the only important thing that was ever created or anything like that. It's just right, right. Yeah, the the universe is, is endless. So like, there's yeah. <laughs> So, um, I, I definitely think there's a, something else out there. Yeah. The, my grandpa, it was funny because as he got older, he started asking questions and started watching like alien documentaries and, and like the universe show on the history channel. Mm-hmm. And he one day sat me down and was like, what do you believe Aaron? And I'm like, I believe that the numbers suggest that there has to be, you know, other planets with life just by the vast yeah. and the new telescope that just went up. Um, 
it's going to change how we look at everything. And so I'm pretty mm-hmm. excited to see that because, you know, it's taken, I think my whole life, it's kind of been, they've been working on it. And so, yeah, I was like, it's been DC, like the like D project. Yeah. So the James Webb telescope is about to change life, I think. And I just don't know how humans are going to react. They'll probably deny it if they do find evidence yeah. of aliens. I <laughs> know yeah. how this world There's is going to be conspiracy theories everywhere. Yeah. Bro. It's going to be crazy. They'll like have a, a HD picture of like an alien craft and people will still say, no, that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> so next question, who influenced you most in music? Oh man, um, that's a really good question. I have a, I have a few, I have a few different ones. Um, so this one might be surprising for people, but Stevie Wonder yeah. is like my favorite artist of all time. Um, and I think maybe you can hear that from the musicality, but like he's, yeah, he's he's really dope. Um, as far as hip hop goes, uh, Kanye West. Um, Huge, huge Kanye West fan musically. Yeah. Um, I like how you made that distinction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to add that little part there. Uh, Andre 2000, I really love Outkast. Oh, I really yeah. love how different, different they were, how they weren't afraid to take risks. And, Every song sounds you know. completely different. Yeah, yeah. I love how how, uh, how different they are. So, um, so yeah, Outkast. Um, yeah. Those are probably my my two, yeah, two biggest influences. Um, something you regret from the last few years? Um, something I regret from the last you said three years. Yeah, it just says years? few years. Yeah, two years. Um, that's a good question. Um. I regret. Um, not doing this sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be my that would be my idea. <laughs> All right, next one's kind of long, so uh, bear okay. with me. But it says you're an inspiration to me as a young black man coming up. I was forced to participate in church. I believe in God, but not the toxic stuff I've seen church people do my whole life. Uh, my grams raised me and is super strict about the religion stuff because of your bravery. I've chose to tell her that I believe in God, but not the horrible things people do in the name and that I'm leaving church to follow my own spiritual path. She disowned me and it was hella painful, but I'm the happiest I've ever been truth. Not a question, but I hope it's okay. And that's from Ladarian. Oh, shit, bro. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, dude, that means I'm trying like so hard not to cry. Right now. <laughs> oh my god, it it's <sighs> I get letters like that every once in a while, and I feel like I shout into the void ninety percent of the time. So like to hear <laughs> that feedback is, I don't know, it just makes it worth everything. I think. Yeah, man. Where do where uh, where do they post these questions at? Um, we just ask on like Facebook and stuff and then they yeah, just, yeah. they, they emailed me. Okay. Wow. Uh, he said I could use his last name. It's his name is Ladarian Mathis and, um, I'll Ladarian, if you're listening, uh, just 
just um, DM uh, Jake Crum and, and and uh talk to him a little bit. I think that's kind of important. Like since you're just yeah. kind of in the in the beginning stages yeah. of all that, like share your yeah, story. Buddy. In, yeah, if you're listening, bro, uh, reach out to me, man. I would love to talk to you more. Yeah. Um. But yeah, thank you for saying that. Um. And um. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that you know. I'm sorry that she disowned you. Um. I know the pain of that. So. Yeah, yeah man. Just reach out, bro. I got you. That. That's cool. I, when I when I got that email, I was like, "Dang, uh, I I you know you feel bad, but when they say they're happy, it yeah. just I don't know. It just made me feel good. But um, yeah. the next one is, "Hey there, love your stuff. I think it's amazing that you chose to make a portion of your content helping young cats come up. What's one tip above all else that you'd like to tell new artists trying to stand out?" Yeah, um, new artists, um, I would say, um, figure out, figure out your brand, like your brand voice, your brand identity, figure out what type of artist you want to be. Um, because once you know that, then you're able to be consistent with the messaging and all of that. Because, um, if you're all over the place, it's going to be hard for people to, uh, get behind you. Um, like you could have great music and everything like that, but if people aren't really understanding what your story is, they're not going to know like how to get behind you. Right. So like for me, um, so many people know what my story is. Um, like, yeah, I make good music and all of that. And I can gain followers from that. But what makes people, you know, what, what one of the biggest thing, messages and things like this is, is, you know, Man, thank you so much for being honest. So thank you so much for telling the story. Thank you so much for you know talking talking about deconstruction and stuff like that because like um, people are able to connect with you on that on that level as well. You yeah. know, like it's a different different thing. And if you look at a lot of your favorite artists, it's not just the music that made you fall in love with them. It was you know the, their messaging and their and their and so when I even so even when I'm talking about you know being you know, talking about branding and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's not anything that's different than who you are. You know what I mean? It's not anything that's a stretch. It's just you understanding how to communicate your story. And so um, yeah, you can do that. If you ever need help with that, um, reach out to me. Um, you can go to streetlightsounds.co um, and. Um, you can do like a, you can either email us or come do hit through like a contact form or whatever. But we will, I would love to talk more about that. I have a whole, I have a course about that and everything. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, just look to American Idol for like inf- in, inspiration because what they do is they sell a story and then they have yep. the person sing. Yeah. Yep. And, Absolutely. They, they, it's, that's, that's what's important. Like that's what, People care about stories, man. Like, yeah. you know, even if you're a great rapper, they're like, yeah, that's a great rapper. And that's really cool. But then they're going to keep, you know, there's, there's, two, there's everyone, you know, not everyone, but there's a lot of great rappers. Yeah. A lot of great singers. There's a lot of great dancers. A lot of great, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of great actors, a lot of great comedians, all of that. You know, what's going to separate you is your story because your story is yours and no one else has that, you know? So. Unfortunately, talent 
will only get you so far. You have to be memorable too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. The next one is I'm new to this, but want to be well-rounded in production. Should I buy beats starting out until mine are good, or just stumble through it until I master it? Um, well, it depends on how fast you want to put out music. Um, I would say if you're trying, you know, you're trying to get your, if you want to be a producer, you know, um, you know, keep doing that. If you want to be an artist, then I would say buy the beats. And then, you know, then learn the production. But I guess it depends on what's trying to take, you know, precedence for you. Um, so, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, I, I think he should, whoever's asking that should definitely still work on the craft of producing either way. Yeah. Because it's just, man, you, you're going to save so much money. Yeah. And once you get good at it, like, you're going to be able to make some money. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And it's something, um, it's something awesome to like express yourself like yeah. by your own way, instead of like trying to find someone else that's done it, you know, for you. It, yeah. It's a whole different experience. Yep. And I would also say, unless you're like, if you're, unless you're, um, you're trying to get like licensing or your, or whatever, get the lease, like just do the lease. If you're just starting out, you don't need the exclusives unless you're trying to get it in film or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So like if you're just starting out, you know, just rock with those ones, you're paying like 20 bucks, you know? Yeah. Um, and then once you're, let's say something blows up, then you can upgrade your, your agreement to exclusive if you need to. But, you know, I would say you start with like the big stars lease or something like that. It's different. The game now is way different than when I used to do, um, production in my room. Um, yeah, they people didn't want the producer's name on it, so they would pay me to take it off. You know, mm-hmm. because we would always do like you know like a shout out at the front, like they do still now. But ours was taken yeah. off because they wanted you know nobody to know who the produ- who the producer was. But now oh, like, yeah. artists are starting to shout out the producers, and now producers are just as famous as some of these rappers. Uh-huh. And I just think that's so cool. Yeah, and I'm a little jealous, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> you missed the window, man. Yeah, I came up in the wrong time. I swear. Yeah, uh, but uh, the the last uh, listener question I have is not a question, but I love you, Jay Crumb. Never stop spitting fire. <laughs> oh man, that's dope. That's yeah. dope. And Thank then you. the one we always ask every guest that comes on the show is, "What's your favorite breakfast food?" My favorite breakfast food. Oh man. I am, um, oh man, that's a really good question. Yeah, it's, um, I love breakfast, man. Uh, French toast, French toast is probably my yeah. favorite breakfast food. It's hilarious. I was trying to decide between waffles or French toast. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious though, because I asked that question, but I, I'm one of those people that has a hard time to, like answering it. So I feel like, yeah, I was going to ask you, yeah, what's yours? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, breakfast is to me is good anytime too. Like you can have it at lunch or dinner, and it's still freaking awesome. But yeah, for sure. But I I think, even now, even now in my in my thirty years of age, it's like my wife's like, "Hey, we're gonna have breakfast for dinner." I still get excited. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah, it's it's funny. Um, 
I we have the whole breakfast thing because, you know, when I was younger, you hung out with people at diners that you loved, and you just mm-hmm. talked. You you know you shoot the crap. You, yeah. And and it's usually over breakfast because you know diners yep. usually have a really good breakfast menu, and so that's where the pancakes and all the stuff come from and all the. So I mean, that's what we wanted because people don't talk like they used to. Um, you know, you yeah. go eat and everybody's on their phones. And I just missed the discussion, you know, like the art of the discussion. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why we started this whole thing. But I appreciate yeah. you being on, man. No, definitely, man. I enjoyed it. This is dope. Yeah. So um, where can everybody find you, like on your socials? Yeah. So uh, you can follow me everywhere at, at jcrummusic, uh, J-C-R-U-M-N-U-S-I-C. Um, you can go to jcrummusic.com. Um, and then if you're an independent artist looking to um, get help, if it's basically anything we can help you with, go to streetlightsounds.co. Uh, Make sure it's co and not com because you're yeah. not going to get you. <laughs> That'll get you where you want to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely go check out um, his music. Um, are, you're on, I think you're on Pandora and Spotify, right? Yeah, I'm on. Yeah, I'm everywhere. Yeah. Pandora, Spotify, um, um, Apple Music, YouTube, um, Tidal, all the places. And streaming uh, royalties suck. I know as a podcaster, so yeah. Uh, so go and and uh, Venmo or PayPal, my guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. Also on uh, on Spotify, they have like a cash app yeah, option, so you yeah. can send me the cash app on there. Or uh, if you just want to buy music, you can buy it from uh, my Bandcamp. Oh. So it's jcrummusic.bandcamp as well. You can buy stuff there. Okay. Um, and then I have merch. I have merch too. So if you go to uh, shop.jcrummusic.com, you can purchase uh, my merch as well. T-shirts, hoodies, hats, all that stuff. Awesome. I, I like to collect merch from like each person that has it on our show. So I'll definitely yeah. be getting some. Awesome. But I appreciate that, man. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being on. Um, hopefully, in the future, we'll have you on again. And uh, yeah, until next time, man. Take it easy. Yeah, I appreciate you. So that was Jay Crumb. Please go check out his music. The dude is amazing. Um, like I said, he's probably the most talented guy we've had on the show. And uh, with that, I will leave you with some of his music, and remember, you're always welcome in the diner.